Good morning. Some of you are wondering if Mr. Terry Cooper's ever going to preach again. He's been off for several weeks, but he'll be back next week. Several people said, is he sick? No, nah, he's not sick. He's just been lollygagging. But no, nah. nah, he was in Texas for a prophecy conference last week, and he's got a lot wrote, so he'll be back next week. But last week we talked about this word, obedience. That we're called to be people of prayer to intercede on behalf of those who are hurting. And so today we thought before uh, we go any farther, there are so many that's hurting in our state right now. So many that's hurting in Eastern Kentucky. First uh, John five fourteen says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what he asked of him. So today, we have so many families, even in the church, that have connections to those that are hurting, families that have lost so much. Um, many of you saw, we've put out a list There's, that's going to be here as you leave today if you didn't bring anything. But today till 3 and tomorrow, all day, we're going to be taking items and delivering stuff to Eastern Kentucky if you want to serve and be a part of that. Crazy thing, in a few weeks, we're going to have a mission team already playing on Eastern Kentucky, so who knows, maybe that's going to work out to help some of that too, but we're also just going to be praying and looking for avenues to serve those that are in need. But today, before we do anything else, let's all, as the body of Christ, uh, just start off in praying for those. God, today we thank you for today. God, we are so thankful that we serve a God who hears us, who sees our hurts and our struggles. And God, we have uh, so many that are struggling right now, many that have just gone through such tragic loss and devastation, loss of uh, material things, and even more importantly, loss of life. And so, God, we pray that your comforter be there. God, I pray that your church here and your church all around the state and so many others, God, will be your hands and feet to um, serve those who are in need. God, show us what we need to do, and may we be obedient to that, and may we follow your leading. We love you. We thank you for the hope that we have. In you, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So last week we talked about this word, obedience. I talked about how, you know, my kids, sometimes like many of you have kids, struggle with that word. Well, there's one thing if I ask my kid, kids to do, they don't, my two, my two boys, my daughter's not at age yet. If I ask them to do this, they don't ever argue. And so they're about getting old enough where I let them mow some of the yard if it's the flat spot up on top of the hill. So if I say, boys, do you want to mow? They love to get on the zero-turn lawnmower. And they, I mean, I like mowing, but they like, they love to do it. And I come to the conclusion they love to do it because they get this from my mom. And so my mom could spend hours and hours on an old John Deere lawnmower they've had. She loves to mow. She loves to cut grass. If you were one of the neighbors, you would see her mowing and singing, praying to God. You come down the road, you'll see her. Here's a picture of my mom, my kids, on the lawnmower. So she, she wears this thing out yesterday. She wasn't on this one. You'll see why in a second. But uh, she lives on this mower. So here's the next picture. A few months ago, that's her lawnmower. <laughs> she drove that thing to the, its death. So next one. There's the fire department that had to be called. <laughs> she got too carried away. Here's the next one. There's the whole hill. And the next one, God rested so. Here's the lawnmower. <laughs> we ain't, it ain't running very good right now. 
But seriously, that is her lawnmower. It did catch on fire. Actually, some grass got hot under, and I think that's what started it. Now, I recently did some work around the house. We've got a lot of Kentucky clay, and we just could not grow good grass from where we had built our house several years ago. So we brought in topsoil, and we had, some, uh, we had, the, had it sown in seed and everything. And of course, right after that happened, and unlike today, and the title of my sermon, of course, is on a day where it's pouring the rain outside. It hadn't rained. We've been pretty much in a drought. And so every morning and every evening, uh, for the past month before this big wet spell, I would set out a sprinkler because I got all this grass seed and I put out straw and everything. I want to make sure that I get this grass growing, that it germinates and it does all that it's supposed to. Well, numerous times this past month, I go to my mailbox and there's a little card from the Lawrenceburg Water Department that says, uh, we're afraid you have a leak, blah, 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 because you've used a lot of water. And I had used a lot of water. And it was no leak, it was because I was watering my grass. But here's the truth. Sometimes there is a cost, a high price to water your grass. It's not always easy. It takes work. It takes dedication. Sometimes it takes patience and care. A few years ago, I even, on my yard, I bought some stuff. Some of you probably have heard of it. It's called weed and feed. And so I put some of that on my yard. My, I went from mowing my yard like once a week to three times a week. I will never use that stuff again in my life. <laughs> but for grass to really grow, it needs to be fed regularly. And church, the truth is this morning, for you to grow spiritually, you need to be fed. Like the grass, you need water. Not just on Sunday mornings when you come here, not just on Wednesday nights, maybe when we have roots, but every day you need to tap into the water that never runs dry. And sadly, I think many want Jesus to save them, they ask Jesus to come into their hearts. They're baptized. But through the years, we have sadly saw this. There is no growth. They never want to make him Lord of their life. That means I'd really have to change, like really change. Many start off growing really good as they start in their relationship with Christ. But like the grass, the heat, and the sun, it gets intense. And there's no watering. And the grass, it starts to die. And they never make any roots. And many Christians wonder, what happened? How did I drift away? Why have I stopped growing spiritually? And many aren't growing because they aren't watering their grass. The grass has dried up or it's died. And Paul talks about this. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 1. Turn with me this morning. He says this, verse, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, this is in your notes, I gave you milk, not solid food. For you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. He says, you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting 
like mere humans? Paul says that many, even believers that made a decision to follow Christ maybe years ago, are still worldly. That they came to Christ, but they never grew. Paul says that many Christians are still babies in the faith. Of course, a baby is born and it drinks its mother's milk, or maybe it has formula if you can even find it nowadays. But as the baby grows, the mother will start to wean the child. And the child starts to eat baby food or oatmeal or mashed potatoes and green beans, and eventually it can have the real good stuff like chicken and steak. But there was a time for that, and then there is a time where you have to grow up. And Paul says many Christians never get off the milk. He says in verse 2, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Church, we have to grow. There's a churchy word, a word that they used a lot when I was in Bible college. It's called sanctification, or it's sanctify. And what that means, sanctification is the process of us becoming more and more like Christ of us becoming more and more holy, that he changes our life day by day by day, and we, cr we grow to become more and more like him as he sanctifies us and makes us holy like his image. Now, we never reach perfection on this earth. We're never going to be perfect. We're going to mess up. But we are constantly becoming more and more like Christ and less and less worldly. And what Paul is saying is many haven't become any more like Christ since the day they accepted him. Let me say that again. Paul is saying that many, many believers might have a day where you ask Jesus to come into your heart, but you haven't grown in him any since that day. You haven't been watering your grass. Numerous times through the years, I've asked students this question. Let's just say this past year. From last July to this July, it's the last day in July of this year. From last July to this July, how much have you grown in your relationship with Christ? In July 2022, are you closer to him than you were of July 2021? And be honest with yourself. How much have you grown in Christ, in your relationship with Him. I had better be closer to my wife this, closer to my wife this July than last July. You know, I love my wife. We've been married since 2010. But I love her so much more now than I did then. Why our relationship has grown. We have grown together. I have watered the grass of our marriage. We have spent time to each other. We have invested in each other. We have poured time into each other. We've given each other attention. She knows me better than I know myself. We'll be out eating. For example, last week we was in Lexington one day. I forget for what it was, something for church. And it was around lunchtime. I always like to time things around the meal, of course. It was lunchtime. I said, honey, I'm, I'm hungry. And she, says, I, and she says, I know what you're thinking. I said, oh, you know what I'm thinking? She said, yep, you want raisin canes. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. She knew my heart. Y'all have had that raisin cane sauce. You know what I'm talking about. But that's what happens. It should be the same with our relationship with Christ. 
that we know him more and more day by day. He knows our desires, and we know his desires for us in our life. And we water the grass of that relationship, and it grows. Because I've seen the other side. I've seen relationships where they don't grow together. Relationships where they don't make each other a priority. And you all know what happens. The marriage starts struggling. They stop communicating as much. They start drifting apart. And before you know it, they live in the same house, but they don't know each other. And many in the church are the same way. You know Christ. You know Christ, but do you really know him? Is the desire of your heart to please him, to honor him, to walk with him every day? Last week, as we talked about, to obey him. Galatians 2.20, Paul writes this, I have been crucified with Christ. And I, I shall no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Church, the old us is supposed to die. I can't live for the old Chad's desires and ways. I have been crucified. And church, if he lives in us, we will not be the same, and we will not stay the same. Let me say that again. Church, if he lives in us, we will not be the same, and we will not stay the same. We will not stay on milk. You will grow to love him more and more. You will want to serve him. I know many stories of many lives in this church that have been transformed, and God has transformed hearts and lives, and because of that, God has called many to go into the ministry, to go into missions, to go to Bible college, whatever. There's so many different areas where God has transformed people's lives, and they didn't stay the same. And he does, his desires will become your desires. And it, you will come to where you want to please him over man. No longer will you live for the applause of man, but the applause of God. And if the maker of the universe, the creator of the stars in the sky, the one that created that picture that you saw in the beginning that we talked about last week, the one that formed us in our mother's wombs, if he is inside of us, you will not stay the same. And when I talk to someone who's struggling spiritually, they might say, I don't feel God's presence anymore. Of course, there are seasons of hard times in our life, but it usually boils down to we have not been abiding in Christ. We have not been watering our grass. When my day is falling apart, when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm complaining, when I'm woe is me, when I look at the world that's falling apart, when I just dwell on all the news and all the bad stuff, and I'm having a rough day. And so because of that, I come home and I'm the one that's short with my wife or my kids or whatever that might be. It usually boils down to that morning I got in a rush. I didn't get in the word like I should have. I didn't abide in him. I didn't connect myself to him that day. And it shows in my life, in the fruit of my life. In John 15, he talks about this. The gardener talks about this. He says this in John 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No fruit can bear, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Church, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You, do not, you did not cho choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Church, fruit that will last. And so whether, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command to love each other. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Church, in verse 4 of what we just read, he says, remain in me. If we remain in him, he will remain in us. He says that you can't bear fruit by yourself. We must remain in the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. Because apart from him, church, we can do nothing. You can't bear fruit. You can't grow grass on your own. You must remain in him and connect yourself to him daily because his word is life. Like he talked about, some of you in this room right now, you are in a season of pruning. It's not easy. Amen? Amen. Pruning hurts. Some of you right now, you don't understand what God's doing. You don't understand why he's doing it. You don't understand the suffering that you face, the loss that you face, the instability in whatever area of your life you're facing. In the midst of all that, we trust that he is the gardener. And we abide in him because we understand that the gardener is making us into something that he wants us to be. He is preparing you, church, to bear more fruit. But we must stay connected to him. And John says, 
Many times while he's working on us, many times while we stay faithful in this world, it's not going to be popular. He says this world will hate us. And boy, was he right. Right now, we live in a world where many are hostile to Christians. We used to be in the majority. We used to get it easy to say that we're just a Christian nation. And now, instead of the majority, we are becoming the minority. And we shouldn't be surprised. As we talked about last week, he said this was going to be a narrow road. The world hates us because we stand for life. Who would have ever thought, like we talked about last week, that we would live in a world where we would celebrate being able to kill a baby in the mother's womb? Church, a drought is coming and has come, I believe. And we better be watering our grass. We better be giving our grass deep roots. We better be making sure that our family and our kids are watering their grass. Let me make that clear. Parents in this room, if you have kids, you better be making sure that your kids are watering grass, that they see that there's nothing more important in their life than watering grass, not sports, not being the smartest kid in your class or getting a great education. They need to understand that the most important thing in their life is connecting themselves to the vine. And they will reap a harvest. We better abide in him because hard days are ahead. Stop drinking milk. We need solid food. We need his word. We need a message not that makes us feel good. We need the truth. We need to stop reading self-help books. We need to read his word because he promises that his word will not return void. I want truth. I don't want to hear something that's just going to make me feel good. But he says in these last days, people's only going to want to hear what makes them feel good. He talks about this in 1 Timothy. Throw up this next scripture. It says this, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And sadly, you can go a lot of places and you can find what your itching ears want to hear. You can find a gospel that's been adapted to fit my desires, what fits my life, what makes me feel good, what can, what can make me not be convicted by the sins that I might be in. And most churches don't have a backbone. They want to preach a prosperity gospel to make you feel warm and fuzzy, but I want to hear a message that saves my soul. And we believe that there is power in his word and it will not return empty. In Isaiah 55, he writes this starting in verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud, it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Church, this is water. His word is water, it is living water, it is life in the midst of a drought, it still gives you water, it never runs dry. He says it'll never return empty, but you have to be in it.
Isaiah 58, just a few chapters later, he goes on to say this in verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Sound like us right now? And will strengthen your frame. You will be like, this is in your notes, a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. Let's read that again. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. In these last days, church, in this sun-scorched dry land, in the land that is becoming more and more godless, we do have hope. It's easy to be discouraged, but in 1 John, he tells us this, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you, church, he is greater than the one who is in the world. No matter what you face, he is greater. No matter what you suffer, he is greater. His reward is greater. I've said this before, the light shines brightest when it's the darkest. Let me say that again. The light always shines the brightest when it's the darkest. And we are in dark days. Uh, we live out in the country, we have chickens. Um, we got quite a few chickens and we, uh, a couple weeks ago we had a mama that hatched some baby chicks. I think we got four or five of them. And so the boys usually help check on them. Anyways, about a week ago, we go to check on all the chickens, but those chicks that morning, and the chicks were there, but the mama went to chicken heaven. That's what I told my kids. Not really, but I guess there'll be some chickens in heaven. But anyways, they didn't survive the night. And so being the dad that's going to take care of everything the next several nights, I had to go on watch duty for the predators. And so I sat out on my porch and I have a big spotlight and some other objects that help take care of chickens. <laughs> and, and so I sat there and the first night, Sure enough, there is a raccoon coming after it. When I shine that spotlight into the darkness of where my chickens are, they fleed. <laughs> and then we had another couple more raccoons, and then we had a possum, and they were all coming. I mean, I guess they went and told all their buddies <laughs> that there was some fresh fried chicken at the Cooper's house. <laughs> and then after... The raccoons got back, they must have told foxes. So sure enough, the third night, I shine my light and there's two dark gray foxes and a red fox outside of my house. And so I start shouting, I shine my light. And when the enemies, that night they were the enemies, when the enemies saw that light shine into the darkness, they fled. In church right now, we live in a world where we are called to shine our light into the darkness. And when we shine our light into the darkness, the enemy will flee because we believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. When you say his name, there is power and the darkness 
fleas. When you water your grass, there is power. It's about Him. Our life should be about Him, about Jesus. We live in a world right now where it's all about us. We live in the me generation. But Paul sets it straight. A very humbling passage that I think we should all hear this morning. 1 Corinthians 3, 7, he says this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. Let's read that again. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters, that's us, is anything. But only God who makes things grow grow. It's all about Him. Our job is the plant. Our job is to water. The rest is up to God. We are nothing without Him. Yet He loves us. Yet He wants to use you for His kingdom and His glory. Praise God. But if you plant and you water, it will grow. Why? Because that is His plan. It still amazes me that we can take a tiny seed and we can put it in the ground, and we can get a plant, we can get a tree, we can get a vegetable. We grow a garden at our house, our kids help plant it, we help water it. And it never ceases to amaze me that from those small seeds that we plant, that we have tomatoes and green beans and zucchinis and potatoes, all these different things. And I'm blown away that from a tiny seed, that you can get a tree like this. They're going to put up the picture. This is a redwood, a sequoia tree. Just going to show one more. I think there's one other. It's truly amazing that something like that can come from something like this. That's the seed of that tree. And when I see that, I am humbled. It's, it's said that the giant sequoia seeds are some of the smallest of tree seeds in the world, yet they grow to 300 feet tall, 40 feet in diameter. In church, we can't make that grow. We are nothing. Only God can take that little seed and make that giant tree. And it's not an accident. It's His plan. It's His design. And He has called us to be faithful in just planting seeds and watering them. But when you do, He will make them grow. Sometimes it takes patience. But slowly but surely, it will grow. We moved, moved into our house uh, in 2017, and I planted some pear trees down my driveway. And they were small. And so each year, little by little, they've grown. There's been one that, I don't know, it must have been in some, some bad clay or something. And I've really sometimes had to give it attention because it, it doesn't grow like the rest of it. And I noticed that. But slowly but surely, they grow. And I ask you this question that I asked earlier. From last July to this July, how much have you grown? Because just like those trees that I've planted down my driveway, every year as I planted them like this, I'm expecting that they, they grow, that they don't stay the same. I can't just plant a small tree and it stay a small tree if it's intended to be a tree that grows. And either I water it and it grows or it dies. And either you're watering your grass and growing, or spiritually speaking, many are dying. 
Either you are closer to him this year than you were last, or you're not. Either July of 2021 to July of 2022, you're closer than him. You're closer than you were or you're not. Is he continuing to sanctify you and make you like him to make you more holy? Or are you still on milk and not solid food? Today, if that's you, the gardener is waiting for you. He wants you to flourish and to grow, but he's not going to make you. And one day the gardener is going to return. And he's going to see how our grass is growing. He's going to see if there's fruit hanging off of our trees. He's going to see what we have done with what we have been given. In 1 John 15, we read it earlier. I want to go down to verse 5. He said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Then he says this, I don't want us to miss. In verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for, to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, church. He wants you to bear much fruit. May he find us faithful. May he find us remaining in him. May he find us growing and bearing fruit, much fruit. It's easy to look at somebody else's life and say, man, so-and-so over there, man, they are growing spiritually. I don't, I, don't, I don't see how they're so close to God. There's many godly people in my life that I've been blessed to be around. Many people in my life that are close to God. But if I'm going to be honest this morning, there's nothing special about those people. But do you know why they're close to God? Those godly people in my life, they're close to God because every day they wake up and guess what they decide they're going to do? They're going to water their grass. They're going to stay faithful in the small things and God is going to bless them with the big things. I put this in your notes today because I felt convicted to, to put this line in there toward the end. It says this, don't say God has been silent when your Bible has been closed. Let me say that again. Don't say God has been silent in your life. Don't say, God, I don't, I don't feel your presence anymore. I feel, feel like spiritually I'm, I'm drained. I don't, I don't feel like I experience you or feel you anymore in my life. Don't say that if you haven't opened this. Because no wonder you are experiencing the drought in your life. No wonder your wells run dry. You haven't tapped into the water source. You hear the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, I tell you this morning, water your grass and it'll be green. Water it daily through the Word. Water it through prayer, through community with other believers. In church, it will grow. We need the church of Jesus Christ. As I was looking up that stuff on the trees and the seeds and the sequoia, those massive trees, most trees, you look like, a, they'll say an oak tree, and 
as big as the tree is, they say many times the roots are the same size under the ground. But one thing I found that was neat about these redwood, these sequoia trees, is they didn't have deep roots like oak trees and many of these other trees do. They don't have as deep a tap root, they would say, as the others. How they found their strength, how these trees find their strength is from each other. And you, you go home and you Google some pictures of a giant redwood tree's root system. And it is going and intertwining amongst all the other trees around it. Amongst all the other redwoods, it finds its strength. And it says even in the midst of many storms, they are very strong trees. You don't see them all blown over because they get a lot of wind because they're way up high. And I said, what a beautiful picture of the church of Jesus Christ. That he has called us to find strength from one another. Do we find accountability from one another? When I'm having a bad week, that you're going to have a strong one and you're going to be strong when I'm weak, that we weren't created to travel this world, this road alone. There is a place where the grass is going to be greener on the other side. Let me say that again. There is a place where the grass is going to be greener on the other side, and it's called heaven. It's where the lion will lay down with the lamb. It's where there'll be no sickness or death or pain. It's the Garden of Eden all over again without sin. And today, I want to close with a scripture. It's titled Eden Restored. It's, it's titled The River of Life. It is the last chapter of the Bible. It's Revelation 22. I want to read it in its entirety today. This is living water. As I read this, don't let these words just pass you by. Soak them in. They are life. They are from the giver of life. So turn with me this morning or read on the screen as we soak in this living water. Revelation 22, starting in verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse, praise God. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need a light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Verse 6, and the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, 
Don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon, church. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and morning star, the spirit and the bride say come. And let the one who hears say come, let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds to anything, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. And if anyone takes away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Church, He is coming soon. We are in dark days. We are in a drought. And on that day when he comes back to get his church, nothing else will matter except for if he calls your name. There will be no light. He is the light. We will see his face. We will see the one who died for us, the one who took our place. And on that day, it'll be too late to water your grass. Scripture says on that day, that, that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord on heaven and on earth and under the earth. Today, Scripture says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The man is going to come out as I read this last scripture. Matthew 7, 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons. And in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Church in Matthew there, he is talking to church people. Those that were playing a game. And it says, he will say, I never knew you. 
as I was thinking about that scripture this past week, we took some of the elementary kids that did a summer Bible study to the ark in Northern Kentucky. And we were touring through the ark, had a great day. And on one of the levels, you get up, I think to the third level, you get to the doors of the ark. Here's a picture, some kids church in front of that door. And they also, I couldn't find the picture, but here's kind of a representation of what I saw. Beside that, they had a picture as the waters had rose and the door had been shut of those that scoffed. Those that said it's never gonna rain. But it did. And as I was sitting in the ark, looking at those pictures, looking at that door, looking at the world we live in. And I realized one day real soon, a door is gonna close again. And there's gonna be a lot of people on the outside. A lot of people on that day that's gonna say, Lord, Lord, I said this, I did that. And to those on that day, many he is gonna say, away from me, I never knew you. Because it was about a, re a religion for you and I want a relationship. For you, it was about doing A, B, C, D, and E, and I wanted to have a relationship with you. Many say, one day I'll water my grass. One day I'll make everything right. And one day it might be too late. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we water our grass. Today, maybe some of you in this room, you've been coming here for a long time and you've not made a commitment to the body of Christ here. And today, maybe you need to decide you're going to be like a giant redwood, like a sequoia tree, and you're going to stick your roots out, and you're going to find strength from the body of Christ, how God intended it. You're going to, you're going to say, I don't want to travel this journey alone, because there are hard days, there are dark days ahead, and today you're going to decide, I want to join the body of Christ, and find strength in the body of Christ. I'm tired of doing this on my own. Maybe today, the grass in your life is dry. Maybe some of you, the grass is dead, and today you need to decide to water it. Maybe some of you, you've been on milk for years. You've never grown. You've never got on solid food. You're still like a baby in Christ. From last year to this year, you have not grown at all. From five years ago to now, you have not grown at all. Church, that has to change. Today, you can change that. Today, make things right with him before it is too late because he is coming back. And may he find us faithful. May he find us watering our grass. Let's all stand as we have this time of invitation.